Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Alex McFarland. You know, in the Bible, it says, Ave Christian, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In Romans chapter 8, it talks about nothing can separate us from the love of God. And when you're a believer and you are living out God's plan for your life, you are an overcomer, a victor. Well, tonight on the program, this is a very special edition of Truth and Liberty. You're going to hear the story, the incredible testimony of a man who is victorious in Jesus, even overcoming what many would think are insurmountable odds. He became a world champion and is a great representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll come back to that in just a moment, but I want to welcome, welcome you to the program. My name is Alex McFarland. This is Truth and Liberty. And we've got a great show. We're going to have a conversation with a dynamic representative of the gospel. Then we'll take your calls. Now, maybe you've got a question that you'll ask our guest and myself as we go along, but I want to give a couple of announcements. This is January, and this is Sanctity of Human Life Month. And in this month, we talk a lot about the gift of life and how life is sacred. And I want to make people aware that in Dallas, Texas, you know, I had the privilege two or three years ago, I spoke in Dallas on Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. I think it was January 12th of 2022. And I had the great honor of speaking in the Roe versus Wade courtroom. And we prayed, myself and hundreds of people gathered, and they'd asked me to speak on what is a human being? And do you know, just about five months after that prayer meeting in the actual courtroom where the Roe versus Wade decision was rendered, five months later, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. Well, we're still in a battle for legal protection for the unborn. But listen to this. There's a Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America event on January 15, and that's at Trinity Dallas Church in Dallas, Texas. Andrew will be there. Richard Harris will be speaking there. And I want to give you this website if you're in the Dallas area, sbaprolife.org, S-B-A as in Susan B. Anthony, prolife.org. That's just coming up on the 15th, and you can watch the broadcast on Truth and Liberty Live at 5.05 p.m., Uh, that's Mountain Time, just after Truth and Liberty on the 15th. And so that's going to be very exciting. By the way, I'll I'll be hosting Truth and Liberty. I'll be in the studios at AWMI and Karis on the 15th. And so you won't want to miss that. I'm just so excited that Andrew and Richard are going to be speaking. And we've got several other announcements, but I want to bring up our guest right now, And folks, let me say this. Remember this, that our Lord Jesus conquered the grave. Now, I don't know what you're up against tonight. Well, one of my dear friends is coming out of surgery even as we speak. And Angie and I went to pray with this dear brother who was facing surgery. And 
uh, you might be facing a financial struggle, or you might be facing something in your family or relationships or your job, but you're about to meet Brad Minns, and he is a living example of the Lord Jesus's power to lift you above whatever you face. And in Christ, like Romans 8 says, that if you will give your life to Jesus and your problems to Christ, whether they be physical, financial, whatever, you in Christ can be victorious. Well, Brad Minns, his life is the story of accomplishments and victories, and I think he'd be the first to tell you that it's all due to the power of God. I met this dear brother last spring. I was at a convention in Florida, and the minute we first began to talk, I knew I loved and appreciated this dear brother. There's a movie about his life, uh, Never Give Up. There's a book about his life. He's distinguished himself in many realms, and he's our guest tonight on Truth and Liberty. Brad Menz, thanks for being with us, and we look forward to hearing your incredible story. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm looking forward to our conversation and inspiring all those listeners out there to never give up on whatever they're going through in life. Why should people never give up, Brad? Well, it's um, the uh, so many times in my life I've been faced with adversity. I lost my hearing when I was three years old, and um, you know, uh, my parents had to decide if I should learn how to read lips and communicate orally or learn how to sign. And they decided that I was going to learn how to read lips, communicate orally, and go to all hearing school. Well, it's, you know, I didn't have much choice in the matter, but um, that's what my parents wanted me to do. And it was a difficult road. Being the only deaf person in the school, very big hearing aids that were very visible. This is back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to leave my room. I wanted to stay home because I was afraid to face my fears. I was afraid to be ridiculed by the classmates in the school. Um, There's just so many things that uh, were keeping me from wanting to um, leave my house. But my parents encouraged me to never give up and to face your fears and to overcome them. So that's been the story of my life. And I can testify that if you can face your fears, you can get up in the morning, get dressed, show up, and uh, just never give up. God has great plans for us. God created us for a reason, and he doesn't want us to uh, be afraid. He wants us to have courage and take one day at a time and trust him with the plans he has for our life. And uh, it's just an exciting journey. I've had so many um, great things happen as a result of never giving up. And that's why I like to encourage other people, because I've received so much encouragement in my life. And I want to pass that on to others, because I know that God loves all of you. And uh, he created you with specific uh, gifts and talents. And uh, when you find out those gifts and talents and polish them up and face your fears and overcome, great things can happen. Amen. 
Amen. Folks, uh, in a few moments, you'll have an opportunity to ask questions of Brad Menz, and uh, you'll find out there's a lot that you probably want to learn from him. The number we'll get to in a few minutes is 719-619-2341. So I've, I've got to ask you this, Brad. You lost your hearing at age three. Do you remember before that, do you remember what it was like to hear and then what it was like to lose your hearing? Um, I was three years old. I don't have a, a lot of memory of that time, but I do remember when I was fitted with the powerful hearing aid. Um, it was one of those times strapped onto your chest with the wires that came out through your shirt and ran into your ear. The kind mm. of Rocky Balboa uh, manager roar in the movie Rocky. I just remember hearing the wind uh, for the very first time, and it was uh, just an unusual sound to me. And then hearing my mom's voice, my dad's voice, my brother's voice, and everybody's voice, it was just a strange sensation. But somehow I'm able to distinguish different sounds, but I just have a hard time understanding the words that we're speaking, because I have to read the lips as well as hear the sounds through my hearing aids to come up with a message. So there's a lot of things going on in my brain when I'm listening and speaking, trying to pronounce my words. But uh, those hearing aids and the support from my family and, and the encouragement from my brother, it all helped me to overcome a lot of adversity and to accomplish my dreams. At, at what age did you really get involved in sports and specifically tennis? Well, my mother loved tennis. She's a big tennis fan. She played tennis and she took clinics and she wanted me to get involved in tennis. And so she signed me up for lessons and got me a racket. That was the worst one on the court. I didn't like getting beat by my mom. I didn't like getting beat by my brother. I didn't like getting beat by girls. I didn't like losing to everybody that I played. And I said, Mom, I don't want to do this anymore. It was very depressing getting beat by everybody. But then again, my mother, my dad, my brother, they all encouraged me to keep moving forward, keep trying. And uh, we used to travel on the weekends to all these different tournaments. We'd pack up the station wagon with our clothes and rackets and equipment. We'd drive out and, uh, you know, wherever the tournament was played. And um, we'd, sign, we'd um, stay at a hotel thinking we're going to be there for the whole weekend. But I lose my first match and we drive all the way home. This just went on for years and years. And so it was a tough start learning to play tennis. But uh, with that never give up mindset that I learned from my family, it uh, helped me to, again, reach a lot of those dreams that I set for myself later on after reading a book that I found at the bookstore. While I was walking through the mall with my mother, the book was uh, Education of a Bodybuilder by Arnold Schwarzenegger. And uh, that book inspired me to this week. And so that's when I started my physical training. And uh, I started packing on some muscle. I started uh, developing self-confidence. And I started winning tennis matches. And it felt good. So uh, even to this day, I love to lift weights and work out. And uh, stay fit. That's my thing. I tell everybody, stay fit. 
Mm -hmm. uh, was it during this period that you began to realize that you had the potential to, I mean, really win some championships in tennis? Well, you know, I was losing all my matches, and um, but the coaches and my parents and family, they all said they saw something in me. They said I was a natural, that I had a gift for the game, and that, uh, you know, I was one of the best players they ever saw, even though I was losing. So I, I didn't really believe it, because I was so focused on my um, handicap, my hearing, my size, and all this and that. So I didn't have a champion's mentality. I had to develop that uh, over the years um, in order for me to keep that winning. I like that phrase, a championship mentality. Uh, Brad, what is that? And folks, listen in, because look, you might not be an athlete or on the tennis court, but I honestly believe, I firmly believe that if you're a born-again Christian, you are you have the potential, I should say, to be a champion at life with Jesus. But Brad, what is a championship mentality? Well, at the time when I was a teenager, that championship mentality came as a result of that book, of Education of a Bodybuilder, and I learned the power of goal setting, of writing down my goals and starting to have dreams. I had dreams to be, uh, to meet all. I had dreams to be a bodybuilder. I had dreams to win uh, tennis matches, tournaments. I wanted to be the best player in my area. I wanted to win the state championship. So I started writing all these goals down on a piece of paper. I'm a firm believer that when we write down our goals and dreams on paper, that's the first action step to becoming a champion. That takes action. You know, faith without action is no faith at all. And I tell people that you got to write your goals and dreams down on a piece of paper. Not, and some people will say, well, I got them all in my mind right here. No, 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 no. You got to get a piece of paper and a pen and write them down. Take some physical action. And then you just set those dreams and goals aside. And uh, I'm telling you, over the years I've been doing this, and a lot of my dreams and goals have come to pass because of that. But it also helps you to... Uh, you know, concentrate on your daily disciplines of what you need to do in order to achieve those dreams and goals. When you, when you post them somewhere where you can see them, it gives you that that uh, vision of what you need to do with, if it's, uh, with your nutrition, your training, um, what you're reading, what you're watching, and everything you do is uh, important in developing a championship mindset and. I had the, uh, I mean, I was blessed that my parents were very organized people, disciplined people. They always took care of everything they were blessed with. They gave thanks for everything they had. They worked hard. So I had an opportunity to get up every day and see how uh, my parents lived by example. My dad was the first one at work, the last one to leave. We used to shine a, shine shoes together. Um, I mean, we just did a lot of things together that developed discipline and uh, stewardship with all the blessings that the uh, God had blessed us with. But later on down the road, you know, I discovered that there's more to life than just physical training. The Bible says that physical training has some value, and uh, but spiritual training has far greater value. I didn't know anything about spiritual training until I was probably 
uh, my late 20s. And, um, you know, I was modeling at that time, um, going for my dreams to be a model because everybody said I should be a model. It was tough to get a job as a deaf person, calling up interviews and doing things like that. And someone said, you should be a model. So I started getting pictures taken and doing auditions and traveling, doing uh, mm -hmm. photo shoots, runway commercials, things like that. And things were going yeah. pretty good. And then I discovered a uh, bodybuilding competition in a magazine, and it offered the winner of this competition a $50,000 endorsement contract, an awesome Corvette, and a meeting with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I thought, wow, all these dreams and goals that I had written down 10 years earlier, here they are right now as an opportunity for me to achieve all those goals and dreams. And so I yeah. signed up, and I trained harder than I ever trained in my life those next uh, 10 to 12 weeks. So and, I've uh, got to ask you, at, at this point, did you feel like it, it was God giving you these dreams or were these accomplishments, did, did you know the Lord personally at that time? No, I didn't know the Lord personally. I, I, I prayed and uh, um, I didn't read my Bible. I had no desire, and I didn't read my Bible. I didn't know the Lord personally. I just knew that God existed because that's how I was taught. But when I signed up for that contest and won that contest, all those dreams were coming true. And uh, it was at that time I met a Christian man, and he was telling me at the gym, I was his trainer, I was his personal trainer. And uh, but he was really training me. He was telling me I needed to read the Bible. I need to start getting involved in church. Um, so I opened up my Bible and I thought, huh, it's so complicated. How can anybody read this book? It's so long. I don't understand any of the story. It just didn't, I had no desire. I was so focused on the physical. I was on the wide road that leads to death and destruction. And, mm. uh, but thankfully this man came into my life. God put this man in my life at that time. Um, and when I went to church, you know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing, <laughs> hearing by the word of God. So when I went to church as a boy, I sat there. They didn't have captioning. They didn't have the music on the screen like they do today. So I, I, I just sat there and didn't get anything out of it. Just like I did at school, my faith wasn't growing. So I stayed on the physical uh, road, and um, anyway, back to that guy. Every day he worked out, he wore a t-shirt with a scripture from the Bible. So I saw the word, and uh, it was starting to go to work in my ear, man. I didn't understand it at the time, but you know, I started to realize that I was guilty. I was a sinner on my way to hell. And the Bible says we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the rage of sin is death. You know, um, so I'm starting to realize that I had a problem. <laughs> I mean, even though I thought I was a good person, and if someone said, you think you're going to heaven if you die? I said, sure, I'm, I'm nice to people, and, uh, you know, I'm a pretty good guy compared to most of these people. But the Bible says our good works are like filthy rags compared to the righteousness and holiness of Jesus Christ. You know, there's nothing that we can do to earn our salvation. It's already been done. 
But anyway, I'm starting to feel stressed out and overwhelmed. I was full of anxiety, and I thought I was losing my mind. I'm driving along one day, had to pull over and take some deep breaths, and uh, I didn't know what was going on. There's a spiritual battle going on for my soul. And uh, the next time I saw my Christian friend, I said to him, I said, what's the matter with me? I spent 30 years building up my self-confidence, building my muscles, and going for my dreams and goals. It's just not holding me up. And he didn't say a word. He just turned around and on the back of his shirt that day was a scripture from Revelation. And the scripture says, Behold, I stand at your door and I knock. And if you hear me knocking and let me in, I'll come in and dine with you and you with me. I knew. Mm-hmm. This deaf guy knew. He heard the knock. <laughs> the guy was knocking on the door of my heart. Jesus is a gentleman. He won't force his way into someone's life. He's ready to be invited. Jesus loves you. He wants to come into your heart. He wants to come into your life and bless you and help you and lead you and guide you in every way. And so, uh, yeah, I said to my friend, um, you know, I turned around, I saw that scripture. And then my friend said, uh, are you ready to turn your life over to Christ and make him the Lord of your life? I said, yes. What do I need to do? Because I was doing so many things that were satisfying the physical man, but nothing to do to grow the spiritual man. What do I need to do? So he just walked into his car, and he put his hand on my shoulder and said, pray with me. And so I just repeated a simple prayer. But God, at that time, the presence of God was so strong. I I just know that uh, Jesus is alive. <laughs> and, yeah, amen. Uh, you know, that was the greatest moment of my life. That's the whole reason mm-hmm. why I'm so passionate today, because I want everybody to experience what I experienced that day and uh, knowing that Let, Jesus is waiting to be invited into your heart. Folks, and, uh, uh, the, so, let, me, let me share this. Uh, the, the passion that's in Brad Men's voice, uh, that fire in your heart, that joy, that confidence, that can be yours today, folks. Now, I'm going to give a number before we continue with Brad's story. I want to ask everybody watching this broadcast, if you've had that moment when you turn your heart over to Christ, that verse that Brad mentioned, Revelation 3.20, where the Lord Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Some of you God is knocking on the door of your heart, and it's time to open yourself up to Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus. Now, I want to give you a number. If you need prayer, the number for prayer, encouragers, somebody to talk with you from the Bible, people will help you. And look, no strings attached. We're not not asking for anything from you except we want you to follow through with how the Spirit of God is calling you right now. Listen to this telephone number. It's 719-635-1111. 719-635-1111. If you need prayer, now maybe you are a Christian, but you need somebody to pray with you, somebody to agree with you. We're here to do that tonight. And just like Brad Menz is talking about how Jesus Christ met him where he was. Tonight, Jesus will meet you where you are, as you are. 
Uh, Brad, I've had people say, well, you know, I want to I want to get my life straightened out and then I'll deal with God. No, look, you don't get well and then go see the doctor. You go see the doctor when you have a physical need. Well, Jesus is here to meet your spiritual need right now. We have no guarantee of tomorrow, but you have this moment. So I just want to encourage you, if you need to come to Jesus, or maybe you need to come back to Jesus, call this number, 719-635-1111, and we will pray with you and encourage you. You know, Brad, you were talking about writing down your goals. That That's very biblical. Of course, we all know that James... Uh, chapter 2, verse 17, James says, faith without works is dead. It's not, not enough just to dream big dreams. You've got to put some, some uh, you know, initiative into it. But then in Habakkuk, chapter 2, in the Old Testament, Habakkuk says that we are to write the vision. God told the prophet Habakkuk, write down the vision that he may run who reads it. And Brad, I'm glad you talked about writing it on paper because part of faith and part of seeing God at work is you've got to trust God for who he is. You've got to trust God for the promises he's made to you. But we as human beings, we've got to do some stuff too. We got to act. And that begins with writing and clarifying and articulating the vision God has put on your heart. It worked for you, Brad. It will work for anybody who trusts Jesus, won't it? Yeah. Yes. And um, that's funny because books and movies have always been uh, two of my favorite things. And I've always believed and dreamed about writing a book and making a movie. And I've written these goals and dreams down. And no, it came to the time after the book was done. Well, I wrote this book in 2013 to take to Bulgaria, where my wife and I were coaching the uh, United States Death Tennis Team at the Rural Games for the Deaf. So hmm. we wanted to pass this out to all the deaf athletes there. And when we came back, we continued to pass the book out wherever we went. And people were starting to say, we should make a movie. And we kept passing these books out. People started saying, you should make a movie. And so I get the writing down the goal thing is important. So I went to my Bible study, and I wrote this down, uh, what everybody was saying, that we should make a movie. I kept writing it down, and I kept looking for ways to make this work. I met this girl from UCF who was going to film school, and we agreed to exchange my personal training for her screenwriting. And one of the first days we met, we met right here at this desk. And I, I went out to the store and I bought some big chalkboards. <laughs> and uh, we wrote down scene by scene the vision that, you know, God was giving me and all this and that, and just wrote it down, our goals for writing the screenplay. And then we prayed and put them on the wall. Uh, so we finished the screenplay. But, and her professor loved it. She said he thought it was, would be a great movie. It should be made. And it was one of the best in her class. The only thing was, it's just too short. So again, I went back out and I didn't give up. I kept uh, asking, knocking, seeking, doing all these things. 
uh, while I was praying and reading for God's timing. It's all about God's timing. But oh, yeah. in the meantime, I'm, I'm writing down the uh, dream and vision of a movie on my prayer request for the men of my Bible study are praying week after week. And then finally, hey, one day... Hey, uh, forgive me. Hold that thought. We've got a brief break coming up. Before we go too much farther, folks, we're talking with Brad Menz, uh, renowned tennis champion, bodybuilder, uh, uh, an overcomer because of Jesus. Uh, Brad, I want you to give your website. We've got a brief commercial break, and then we're going to come back. Your website and the website of the film, what are those? Yeah, the, uh, my web, personal website is bradmins.com, E-R-E-E-M-I-N-N-S.com. Uh, and the movie website is nevergiveupfilm.com, nevergiveupfilm.com. Okay, hold that thought. Folks, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Brad Mins plus your telephone calls and more on this edition of Truth and Liberty. Stay tuned. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and Liberty and become a member today. Have you been praying about how to make your business your mission field? GospelTruth.tv Business features leadership and financial stewardship training from industry experts. Learn the next steps to building wealth and using it to grow God's kingdom. Tune in Saturdays to GospelTruth.tv Business and watch anytime with GospelTruth.tv Premium. Visit GospelTruth.tv today for biblical teaching you can trust. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. Wow, it's an exciting time for Andrew Womack Ministries, Karis Bible College. We're going to resume our conversation with Brad Mins here in just a moment. But I want to say a couple of exciting things. Uh, I'm flying to Woodland Park. I'll be on campus teaching for the next two weeks. Biblical Worldview 1 and 2, and then uh, interacting with hundreds of students. And I value your prayers uh, on that, we've got a lot going on. And let me just encourage you, if you have never checked out the website for Karis Bible College, it's spelled C-H-A-R-I-S, Karis, which is the Greek word for gift, uh, as in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Look, whether you're in pursuit of one of the, the degree programs or it's just for personal growth or to equip yourself for a life of more effective service for Christ, I can promise you, 
Karis uh, Bible College will change your life. And there's so many things that go on throughout the year. There's Summer Family Bible Conference. I know at this time of the year, uh, probably the last thing on your mind is summer, but it will be here before you know it. So go to the website for Karis Bible College and check out what's going on. I promise you, if you make one visit to the campus of Karis, you'll be sold because the power of the Lord, the presence of God is so strong here, you will want to be a part of it. And then I want to make people aware of something this month that is January 27. Okay, last week I was on the radio with our beloved friend, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Now, E.W. is just one of the most powerful men of God that you'll ever meet. Listen to this in Chesapeake, Virginia, and that's, that's right near Virginia Beach, because that's where uh, Brother E.W. lives, but there's the Stand Foundation and the Called Church Service. Okay, Bishop E.W. Jackson, we've had him on the program many times. He's a Harvard-educated attorney. He's a pastor. He's an incredible man of God, an author. He um, has spoken for me in our Truth for a New Generation conferences that we've done. One of the greatest thinkers, one of the most powerful communicators. Well, Andrew is going to be with him on January 27th. Now, this is 700 Conference Center Drive, Chesapeake, Virginia, and it, two websites. And, and it is free, but you've got to register. So let me encourage you, if you live in the Virginia Beach area, Tidewater, Chesapeake, January 27th. It's the Stand Foundation. Their website, super easy, standamerica.us. Standamerica.us, spelled just like it sounds, or the called, T H E C A L L E D, the called.org. Super opportunity to meet and hear Bishop E.W. Jackson and Andrew Womack in person, live in person, January 27. We'll keep you updated on that. So much going on. There are many things. And by the way, uh, the website, truthandliberty.net. Maybe you want to be a subscriber. I just today finalized an article that I submitted to Richard Harris, and they're going to be putting up an article that I've written on uh, Christian nationalism and also on my predictions for the new year. But the website, truthandliberty.net, if you go to the website, slash subscribe. Richard writes articles. There's so much content, information about the election cycle coming up and voting. Be a subscriber today if you're not already. Go to truthandliberty.net slash subscribe. Well, I want to get back to our guest right now because um, this is very exciting. Brad Men's a movie about his life, a book about his life. Never give up. The website for his life story, nevergiveupfilm.com. This is exciting. And I happen to know from having interviewed him and met him in person, all of these accomplishments, all of these milestones, he would be the first to tell you that we give God the glory. We give God all the glory. But before the break, uh, Brad, you were talking about the film uh, God put it together, didn't he? Uh, this film, this dream came about because God put those details together. Yeah, so I'm writing down my dream and goals, and what people were telling me we should do is make a movie at uh, my Bible study. And then one day, a gentleman from the Bible study said, hey, Brad, you need to meet 
Rick Eldridge. He comes to our Bible study. He's from North Carolina, but when he's in town visiting his family, he comes and visits us. And uh, he's a movie producer, they said. I said, oh, okay. So they set us up, and my wife and I, Rick and his wife, we all had breakfast. I passed the book along to Rick. He went home and read it, and uh, we get together um, maybe a year later. Uh, nothing happened. I kept writing it down. But then I got perfect timing. We got together again, and Rick said, we read, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but I know a gentleman from Los Angeles who would be perfect for the screenplay. And so Rick proved Rob Lowe, the screenwriter here to Orlando. And we all got together for dinner, Jenny and I, my wife and I, Rick, his wife, and Rob. And uh, we were eating dinner, and Rob was looking at Jenny, my wife. And I said, I was looking at him, I heard, and then finally he said, hey, I heard a lot of great things about you talking to Jenny. And I said, how did you hear these things? He said, oh, I go to a Bible study in Los Angeles. And one day I came into the Bible study and I said, I'm doing a screenplay for a deaf tennis pro from Orlando. There's not a whole lot of deaf tennis pros in Orlando. But the guy huh. in Los Angeles said, is his name Brad Men? And he said, yeah, how did you know? Oh, I worked with his wife. And so, you know, they all, my wife and uh, the guy that goes to the Bible study in Los Angeles worked for the crew uh, ministry. And so I thought that was kind of cool. But Rob put the screenplay together in three months. Oh, what a talent. We made it all so easy. I mean, I spent years and years trying to figure out how to write a screenplay. It's not an easy thing to do if you're not a screenwriter. <laughs> but to get the right people, the body of Christ is amazing. God has people that can do the right job at the right time when it needs to be done. And thankfully, um, Rick and Rob came into my life. And Rob is the producer. He put the whole team together, the, uh, the casting director, uh, the location scout, and it just was a smooth running process. It's like a smooth, well-oiled engine. Rick is just a graceful movie producer, and it was a joy and a privilege to watch these two people, you know, work. And uh, Rob was the director. Rick right. was the producer. We had so many cool people working on this project, and uh, we're really excited about it. Sure. Now, uh, the the movie, where was the premiere? The, we had our Orlando premiere right here in Orlando. Um, September sometime, I think it was. And we were going to keep it into one theater here in Orlando. It sold out. And so we opened up a second theater, and that theater sold out. Amen. And so we were expecting a huge turnout. But that day there was a hurricane and mm. people were texting us all day long. Are you still having your movie premiere? What are you going to do? I just turned my phone off and uh, I said, Rick, you, you want to change the date or do you want to just keep, you know, you want to have this uh, premiere today? Oh, the show must go on. We're going to do it with a big smile on his face, just a graceful, no, no nonsense, no worries. We're going to do it. And Never it give up. I never give up. The whole thing was a never give up experience. 
Um, and oh, I could tell you stories all day about some of the actors who said they were about to give up on their acting career, and they found out about the uh, Never Give Up audition, they got the part, and they sent notes and letters about how grateful they were and uh, how inspired they were to keep going in their careers as actors. But it was just an amazing experience. And when I left the set after a month of watching them film and do all that in Lynchburg, Virginia, it just felt like we were a big family. We prayed before um, we started working every morning. The whole team got together and we all prayed and thanked God and you know, asking for wisdom, direction, and all that every day. And so it was a great, uh, you know, God-honoring experience. And uh, they did a great job making the movie. It's a family movie. It's a family movie about overcoming, persevering. It's a movie that gives people hope. It gives people encouragement. Because this is a story of a tennis match that I played in 1985. As I said before, my parents put me in the hearing school, the hearing route. And uh, I never experienced deaf culture before. I never met a deaf person until 1985 when I was right. playing tennis for the University of Toledo. I was on a scholarship there. And one day after practice, my coach handed me a newspaper clipping advertising tryouts for the World Games for the Deaf. And so I thought, wow, there is such a thing as World Games for the Deaf. I didn't know there was anything like it. So my dad and I went to Gallaudet University to try out. When we got there, it was a cultural shock because everybody there was signing and we were speaking so we couldn't understand each other. Um, mm -hmm. So it was a challenge, but it was a very good experience. And um, I made the team. The games were held in Los Angeles and the tennis matches were played at Pepperdine University in Malibu. I made right. it to the final. And I'm playing the defending champion, Jeff Osborne, from Texas. And you had to win three out of five sets to win the gold medal. Right. I beat this guy in practice. I beat him in tryouts, so I was confident that I was going to beat him easily again. However, it didn't turn out that way. Jeff won the first set. He won the second set. He's winning five games to zero, 40 love in the third. Set. And that's as far down as anybody can get in a tennis match. It's like an impossible situation. One mistake, you're done. Um, so now I wasn't a born again believer at that time, but I prayed a simple prayer. I just said a three word prayer, God help me. I prayed that prayer with all my heart. I can still remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> and that's the only way I can explain coming back from that far down five hours later and winning the gold medal. It was one of the wow. greatest comebacks of my whole tennis career. And uh, Hold that something thought. that I shared with yeah. Uh, hang on, folks. Now, we've got questions coming in online. I've got a lot of questions I want to ask Brad. If you want to call in with a question, the number is 719-619-2341. If you want to ask Brad Menz a question or myself, 719-619-2341. Uh, and Brad, there's so many things I want to ask you, but 
let me get this straight. You're as far down as a player could go. Your opponent has won so many sets, but you simply said, God help me, a three-word prayer. What began to happen then? It's just, uh, I started remembering some of the lessons I learned growing up from my coaches, my parents, my brother. My mother, you know, when you're deaf, you, you rely on visual. And when I was taking lessons growing up, my concentration was no good. I was always looking over here at this court, looking at that court, looking everywhere but the tennis ball. So my mother used to hold that ball right in front of my face. And she would say, Brad, watch the things of the ball. Watch the things of the ball. <laughs> and so that became a habit of mine. Whenever I play tennis, I just watch the ball real carefully. But as a Christian today, I use that lesson to remind me to keep my eye on the Lord, to stay focused on the Lord all day, every day, day in and day out. And just like a tennis player has to watch the ball in order to win. If you take your eye off the ball, you lose the point because you can't see what you're hitting. And then another lesson my mother would always say, one shot at a time. You don't worry about the last point or the next point. You just concentrate on the point you're playing, one shot at a time. That's become another habit of mine. And as a Christian, I take that lesson and say, one day at a time. You can only do so much. You want to just enjoy this day. Do the best you can this day. And anyway, um, those kind of things. And uh, just keep fighting. I just kept fighting. My brother always said, Brad, you're a fighter. And uh, getting those kinds of uh, those words and encouraging things in my life helped me to be an overcomer. And encouragement from others really helped me to be an overcomer. But um, I had to apply all those things and practice them in order for them to be uh, beneficial. So winning that gold medal was an incredible thing. Ten years later, this when I got born again, my wife and I were at church, and I remember a pastor saying, it's not about personal gain and selfish ambition, it's about what you can do for others. Yes. I, I don't remember the whole sermon, and I just remember that part. So while, while we were driving home, I was thinking back, did I ever thank Bill Austin, the gentleman who sponsored me at the World Games for the Deaf? And uh, so when I got back to the apartment, I'm going through the yearbook from the 1985 World Games, and I sent his wife, Tanny, a text thanking them, you know, 10 years later for sponsoring me. And they even sponsored the entire USA tennis team, and they set up their first mission trip to give the gift of hearing. And they gave every athlete from around the world a free hearing test and a free hearing aid, whoever wanted them. And since then, they've done mission trips all over the world. They've given hearing aids wherever they go. But Tanny, his wife, sent me a message back. Well, why don't you thank him in person? And uh, we'll fly you up to Minnesota, where their headquarters are, and you can thank him in person. They have a gala. They had a gala every year back in those days where they raised yeah. millions of dollars to send mission teams out to give the gift of hearing. So I said a prayer. I said, Lord, what can I give Bill Austin? He has everything. And uh, the Lord said, give him your gold medal. And then mm -hmm. uh, I said, I'm always praying. I pray, Lord, what's it? How can I give him the gold medal? I make a nice, you know. So I'm going around town 
And we were on a time schedule. We didn't have a whole lot of time because we were flying out. But when it was all done, he finished this beautiful green gold medal with the thank you notes and pictures from the rural game for the deaf and the scripture verse that God loved the cheerful giver. It's just one Amen. thing after another how this all came about. But like when we got to the airport, the lady said, where do you think you're going with that big thing? That's too big to put on the plane. So we prayed, you know, my wife and I, and then the other two ladies come by and they said, oh, we can get it in the back of the plane. So we got it on the back of the plane and we ended up getting the gold medal back to Bill Austin at the gala. And we're so grateful because we were able to get that footage and we included it in the end of the movie, I've Never Give Up, so you can see from uh, 1995, uh, 2005, I think it was, sometime sure. like that. Uh, so I, cool I've thing. got to ask you this. Um, wh what is the Drees Cup, D-R-E-E-S-E, the Drees Cup? Drees Cup is a deaf tennis tournament, and it's the same equivalent as the Davis Cup for hearing people, but the Drees Cup is for deaf people, where you have teams from around the world compete in a team uh, competition for this cup. And in 95, USA had never won it before. And so we had a good team that year. And we played in Bradenton, Florida at Nick Palatary's Academy and won the cup for the first year. And so, you know. And, and so you helped worked. America win that cup for the very first time, didn't you? Yes, it was a great experience. The patriotism and uh, that you feel when you win a gold medal or you win something for your country is just indescribable. I get up there on the podium and they raise their American flag and uh, they sign the national anthem. I don't know sign language, but it's beautiful <laughs> when you yeah. watch it. Um, and it's just, uh, you can't help but just uh, cry when that happens. But when I was in uh, 1997, I was playing the uh, German player, and he beat me in a singles match, a five-set match. And uh, it, was, it was on the play. It was rainy. It was cloudy and dreary. And uh, I had to go back on the court a half an hour later and play doubles for my gold medal. I was tired. I was sore. I said to my partner, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm white. You're going to have to hold me up. And uh, so my partner played great. Halfway through the match, we didn't be. I think we were down two sets again, and we came back, and we won the gold medal. But somewhere along the way, I got a second win, and we just played great together. But when we got the medal on the podium, I just, this is a personal experience. You know, it was dark and dreary and cloudy, and uh, I had just lost the singles, but uh, we won the doubles. And I'm standing there, I was focusing, I was thanking God for helping me through that match and making it a great experience for my partner. And just as I was thinking that thought, the clouds woke up and the sun shined, you know, right down on the uh, court. And I just, it was like, you know, just little things like that make me think about how much God loved me and loved everyone. And, you know, it was just a great moment. Oh, man. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, I've got to ask you this. I know we've got callers, and so callers, please hold. We will get to you. But can can a person who hears effectively share the gospel with a deaf person? 
share the gospel with everybody, but from what I've heard and statistics, that the deaf is one of the least reached groups of people to to be reached for Christ. Not many or not many deaf people have come to Christ or church going people. And now that you ask me that question, I remember very clearly when I got born again, the man that led me to Christ just said out of the blue, the dread, let's pray and ask God somehow that somehow God will reach the death. And uh, yeah. so that, that prayer has stuck with me all these years. And, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to get this book to the deaf people in Bulgaria and, and this movie, we're trusting God and know that he answers prayers and, um, you know, will reach the death for Jesus mm. Christ. And more death will have a nice revival for the deaf and the tennis world. So, well, yeah, but as far as, you know, reaching um, for me, speaking, and I think the book is what helped me to uh, minister to the deaf, sharing my testimony. Sure. I've got a video out that's so captioned where I share my whole testimony. So, yes. you know, I hope the deaf people will watch that, read my okay. book, just come to know the Lord somehow um, Amen. by doing that. You know, I, I was not aware that uh, the deaf culture is such an unreached group. That that really touches my heart. Uh, we're going to go to our first call, uh, Frank from Missouri. Frank, thanks for holding, and welcome to Truth and Liberty and our visit with athlete, renowned author, and uh, brother in the Lord, Brad Menz. But uh, Frank, thanks for holding. Welcome to the program. Uh, yeah, I really love you guys. It's really a privilege to to be on this broadcast and and talk about the things of the Lord. Uh, and, we appreciate uh, I, you. I do. Uh, I got a question, but your your last comment, brother Alec, was um, I, it, it sparked uh, that you know that I got a four year degree from uh, a Bible college, and that was one of. Uh, uh, there was only like four, you know, you could either study the Bible, you could study missions, you could study pastoral uh, ministry, or you could study, at that time, you could study the ministry to the deaf. That was only four things that you could study in that school. Anyways, uh, that uh, that was extra added. But my, my question would be for the brother is, um, that you, how do you reconcile the message of the cross with the glitz and the glamour uh, of Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, let me restate that. Hey, Brad, um, Frank is asking, how do you reconcile the message of the cross with the glitz and the glamour of Hollywood? Uh, in, In making a movie, was it hard to be making a Christian project with the tools of Hollywood? Well, when I was younger, all I wanted to do was be rich and famous and drive a nice car because I didn't read the Bible. I didn't go to church. I wasn't a Christian. I was doing the world play. I was on the wide road that leads to death and destruction. I didn't even know it. I was lost. I didn't even know it. And then when I got born again, I realized, hey, 
you know, I'm I'm in a serious situation here. I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm on my way to hell. But I learned that God loves me and he wants to come into my life. And when I invited him into my life, my eyes opened up. I went home after getting born again, and I couldn't put my Bible down. I spent a year in my apartment room reading the Bible, getting to know Christ, learning what he wants. In my head, it was the beginning of my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I couldn't put the Bible down. It was just, just this hunger and thirst for righteousness. And uh, so I spent a year in my room, getting to know Christ, praying, and uh, building my relationship. At the end of that year, I started feeling like, you know, I'd like to meet my wife. Before, I was engaged to a woman for eight years, and uh, I just didn't know what commitment meant. And we split off, it was tough, it was you know, hard for everything. But that's when I got born again, I received Christ, and I realized um, I'm glad I didn't get married before because marriage is an important and a big decision, a lifetime commitment. And I now knew what to look for in a woman. The Bible says man looks at outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And that was the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, before it was all about uh, outward this, outward that, it was all into the body and the physical and the glitz and the glamour, but that's all fleeting. Um, I want stuff that uh, that please God and last all through eternity. And uh, so I prayed for a woman that loved Jesus first and mm. uh, someone that could help me to grow in my walk with the Lord. And uh, that's really what I wanted to uh, find in a wife. And then, um, so I prayed and I met my wife on the tennis court and, uh, she was just a, a godsend. She's been walking mm -hmm. with the Lord a long time. She knows the Bible, knows Jesus. She's a great teacher. And I've grown a lot since being married to her. And, uh, you know, I'm no longer, I don't care about the glitz and the glamour and the fame and all that. All I yeah. want to do is, for people to know Jesus somehow, whether through a book, a movie, a conversation, anything. That's yeah. the most important decision a person can make. It really wants hey, to uh, turn We've we've got a brief break. Brad, give your website. Your personal website is what? My personal website is Brad Min, B-R-E-D-M-I-N-N-S dot com. And uh, the movie website is NeverGiveUpFilm.com. Okay. Hold that thought. We've got a brief break, folks. Much more with Brad Menz and this message of overcoming. And God wants you to be a victorious person, too. Stay tuned. We're back after this. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with Army, fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. 
Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Welcome back to the program, and remember that Jesus is as close by as a prayer. Folks, when we listen to the incredible story of Brad Menz and his journey, and when, when I or Andrew or whomever says to you that Jesus Christ loves you and that this victorious life, a life made new and answered prayer and power to live each day joyfully, fruitfully, I promise you this is not just... Christian talk, this is reality. And the reality of all these blessings can be yours in the Lord Jesus Christ. Please believe this. Do you know right now there are billions of people in this world and the Lord loves each and every one of them and the Lord loves you. And I want to give this number again if you want to talk to somebody or you want prayer. Or maybe, now listen, maybe all this talk about uh, winning championships and mountaintop experiences and God's plan for your life, you might think that that's just pie in the sky and you might feel skeptical about it. Well, call 719-635-1111. 719-635-1111. Let us share with you how you can begin a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus does love you. Jesus knows you, but the fact is that heaven is holy and there'll be no sin in heaven, but God loves you so much. He has made a way for your sins to be forgiven. Let's be honest. We've all sinned. We've all known the right and we've done the wrong and sin separates us from God. But the fact is that Jesus loves you so much, he wasn't going to just abandon you. Jesus Christ went to the cross, suffered, died, rose again. And if you will turn to Jesus and put your faith in Christ, not only will all your sins be forgiven, but God's plan for your life, God's blessing, God's favor, God's guidance, God's protection, all of the blessings that Brad has experienced, all the, the blessings that I could tell you about in my own life, those blessings can be yours. And we say this, but it's absolute reality that Jesus is as close by as a prayer. He is. And so if you need spiritual help, you want to talk to somebody, the number to pray with somebody and we want to help you is 719-635-1111. Now, I've got so many questions to ask Brad, but we're going to take another call right now. We're going to go to Texas, one of my favorite places. Anne from Texas. Anne is a partner. And by the way, thank you, Anne, for being a partner. But welcome to tonight's edition of Truth and Liberty and our very special guest, Brad Menz. Thank you so much for taking my call, and thank you for Truth and Liberty. Really am blessed at all the great information and encouragement I receive. 
Well, I wanted to, God be to the glory. yes, I wanted to first of all tell Brad that he and I have some special things in common. The first one is we were born on the exact same day, six one or six nine sixty five. He was born in Ohio and I was born in Michigan. <laughs> Okay. Okay. And yeah, so we share the same birthday. And the other thing we share is about 10 years ago, I became very ill and I lost my hearing, but only in my right ear. I do wear hearing aids. They're called Bicross so that I can um, participate normally in the hearing world. So I have an overcoming question somewhat related, and that is, I know that he was raised in a hearing world and that he encountered the deaf world when he went off to college or to play tennis um, competitively. And there was a cultural gap between connecting to that deaf world because of the communication barrier. And I wanted to hear how he overcame that. And then when he got his identity in Christ, how that was enhancing how that enhanced his life to overcome barriers. Wow. Oh, Brad, did, did, did um, you get all that? I think so. Um, well, it's nice to meet you. Thanks for calling. Are you a Michigan fan or Ohio State fan? Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm a Michigan fan, even though I was born and raised, or I was raised in Toledo. But when I got to um, Dale Abbott University with my dad, and he, it was our first time uh, communicating with the deaf, we just had to do our best. We had a piece of paper and a pencil. We wrote questions down. We adapted to that. But my dad used to always tell me when I was growing up, hey, Brad, you got something most people don't have. You have charisma. So over the years, he kept telling me that, and I was able to use a little bit of that charisma to uh, just to relate better to all the people that we were meeting on the campus at Dale of Debt. And uh, by playing tennis and beating people and just kind of winning their hearts over on the court and off the court, uh, it's just become something that... Uh, I've just been blessed to be a part of because I travel all over the world playing tennis with the deaf players. And I over time we've developed so many friendships and with tennis players, deaf people and myself that have lasted so long. And that's the best part about it. That's why I always look forward to playing in these deaf tournaments because it's like a family reunion. Um we just laugh, we play tennis, we eat dinner, and have a good time. And uh, so that's one of the things I'm hoping to do is just bridge the gap between the deaf and the hearing and uh, somehow bring more people to Jesus Christ through my testimony mm -hmm. and, and the Spirit of God. Uh, great question. Uh, Brad, I've got to ask this. How do deaf people uh, worship, and um, can you, how how aware are deaf people uh, about music? Um, can can you hear music in your mind, and and specifically like during church and worship? What 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 are you feeling? What's going through your mind? 
Well, I love music, and uh, that church, they have the word on the screen. I watch the people singing, um, but I can hear the instrumental part, and then I watch the words on the screen. There's a scene in the movie um, with a song called In My Room, and it's by the Beach Boy. Back in those days, I didn't want to leave the house. I was, I just wanted to stay in my room, and one of my favorite songs was that song. I didn't know the words. I just loved the tune. But my brother would come in and sit down next to me, and he would lip sync the song so that I could read his lips while the song was playing, just kind of put the words and the music together. And that's yeah. one of my favorite things in the movie, with the song and the, the, uh, the family. Uh, coming together at that moment. I think people are going to really enjoy seeing that. Um, but as far as worshiping, I'm always hey, by the way, Brad, worshiping, God, Brad. And, uh, you, you, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, you mentioned that song, Brian Wilson, who wrote In My Room. It's been my privilege to meet him quite a number of times. And, uh, uh, that's a whole nother story. One of my best friends ever uh, was in that group for about 40 years and just went to be with the Lord, a devout Christian, a friend of mine. But um, Brian is deaf in one ear and uh, can only hear partially in the other ear. And um, I, it's it's interesting you would say that. I love that song and I, I love that group as well. And sometime we'll have to talk about my interactions with those wonderful people, but um, it's it's amazing. In My Room was written by Brian Wilson, who has um, some hearing challenges himself. That's um, something that you need hearing aid. I'm, I'm happy to connect him with Bill Austin and uh, uh, have him, you know, see if the Starkey hearing aid models will help him. Yeah. So um, well, let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, is God doing some things among deaf people nowadays to reach them? Are there more and more Christian resources that are reaching into the lives of deaf people today? Yeah, I was at my Bible study yesterday, and um, one of the gentlemen that comes works for the uh, Wycliffe uh, or the Steve Company where they do Bible translation. And um, he was telling me that only 80% or 80% of the deaf people in the world can't read. Only 20% of deaf people can read. That was what he told me. So, really? Yeah. And so really, I don't know what God is going to do, but we're praying. But with the book, the movie, and uh, I don't know, God's always working. But we're doing what we can, sharing the story, sharing the faith, um, and praying for more deaf people to come to know the Lord. Has, has the technology with the internet and things like that, um, has this eliminated the need for deaf schools or are there still specifically, uh, you know, the schools for the deaf? There's, um, deaf people, um, there's a school, Gallaudet in Washington, that's uh, a school for the deaf, maybe sign language. And then there's a school, Rochester, the university where a lot of deaf people go to study. And there's a lot of uh, successful deaf people out there today, doctors, lawyers, all kinds of uh, incredible people. 
talented people, smart people. Um, so, but yeah, the technology today is incredible. We have uh, a gentleman that I know that's been with us in the world game for the deaf since I first started. He's been an advisor on the movie set, but he came to the premiere and he was always looking at his phone. And I wonder why he's always looking at his phone if he's being rude or rough. But what I learned was they have an app now where you can set your iPhone down or whatever phone it is. And uh, when people are talking, all the words just come up on the phone so you can oh. understand what people are saying. And so oh, wow. I thought, wow, I would love to have one of those in college so I could hear what people are saying. Because when I was in college, I had to find note takers and tutors and really had to work hard to get out of my class and graduate. So yeah. let me ask you this. Um, we're living in a time of woke culture, um, and there's so much that is concerning about that. Um, has has woke culture impacted the deaf community? Um, you know, I'm not that familiar with deaf culture because I grew up in the hearing world. But as far as the woke culture, in my personal opinion, it's the family unit needs to stay strong. And uh, I grew up in a family where my mother and dad were hardworking. And uh, my dad is a military man, fought in the Korean War. Um, he's a hunter, a fisherman, just a real manly man. And uh, he told the stories of uh, the war, of his family, passing down all these great stories. And uh, it creates, um, you know, just a life and a uh, personality that is uh, non-woke. Uh, I don't even really know what the definition of woke is, but I see it. And yeah. uh, the, the, the culture today needs to get to Christ, and we need to keep the family unit strong. This movie is a family movie, and it's a tribute to my mother and dad, and it's a tribute to all the mothers and dads out there who are fighting, you know, for their family, for their kids, because for me, if a pa parents have a deaf uh, child, it's a, it's a huge amount of sacrifice and uh, wow. work in order for me to be able to do what I do today. I'm so grateful for my family, and uh, we want to encourage families out there to never give up on their kids, never give up on each other, and trust God and keep the family unit strong. A amen. Uh, I've got to ask you, do you sign... No, no, I don't sign. I took sign language in uh, college. I took one class, and uh, I'm sorry to say I got to leave, but uh, um, one of the things I want to do, you have to practice. You have to surround yourself with other people that are signing so you can learn the language. It takes time. It's something that I need to commit to and uh, do, so maybe in the future. When you when you lost your hearing at age three, um, you were already speaking, uh, right? No, I don't remember. I was three years old. Um, I don't remember if I was speaking or not. So, how how did you learn to speak uh, not hearing? Because you do it so well. I mean, you you. 
your your speeches. Yeah, I went to speech therapy after school. My mother would pick me up, take me to Dutch Pantry for onion rings, and then we would go downtown to my speech therapist, and uh, I'd listen to sounds. I would learn how to pronounce my words, and um, we just did all kinds of things that would help me to communicate. But one of the things I'm most thankful for is that my mother made me read books out loud to the family at the dinner table, on vacation, wherever we went, she had books. And uh, she would make me read these books out loud. And then she would ask me questions, um, asking me to comprehend what you just read. Because when you're deaf and you're trying to pronounce words and you're thinking about the words you're saying, there's a lot of stuff going on in the mind. And uh, it can be challenging. But my mother spent a lot of time with me teaching me how to read and speak in addition to my speech therapist. Yeah. Um, you know, are, are you available uh, to go and speak at conferences? I mean, if, if somebody wanted to bring you to their event or to their city, do you do that kind of traveling? Yes, I'm, that's my favorite thing to do is speak to people, encourage people, and uh, talk to people, whether it's one person, 10 people, a hundred people, it doesn't matter. I'm always available and uh, willing to do that. Yeah. So your website, if, if people wanted to bring you in uh, to minister, they would do that through your website, I guess, right? Um, yes. Bradmins.com. Bradmins.com. Uh, so, hey, I've got to ask you this. In your tennis career, did you ever meet Jimmy Connors, John McEnroe, Andre Agassi? Did you ever meet those guys? Yes, um, I taught tennis at Sea Pine, Newton uh, Head Island, where Stan Smith was the touring pro, and they had the Family Circle magazine cup there, uh, Martina Navratilova, and all the women's players came through there. But I also met Jim Connors, met John McEnroe. Um, but there's a player I want to tell everybody about to look out for right now. He's on a tour, he's in Argentina right now. And okay. he happens to be the son of a college teammate of mine. His name is Liam Draxel. He was the number one college player from the University of Kentucky. And we, my wife and I saw him play at the NCAAs here in Orlando. And we, I didn't even know my, my uh, teammate had a son, and, uh, let alone a tennis player. When you see this guy play, you're going to see passion. You're going to see enthusiasm and grit. What a fighter. What a guy that loves the game of tennis so much, and that makes it so enjoyable to watch him play. And best thing yet, he's a believer in the Lord, and he, he, he's uh, doing a great job of just, you know, playing for Christ. Amen. Like, when you met McEnroe or, or some of these guys, did they know who you were or that you were, like, uh, the world champion of deaf players? No, the only one that knows really knows me that uh, um, as a tennis champion is probably uh, Stan Smith. But uh, no, <laughs> it'd be nice. Roger Federer, if he ever wants to watch the movie, he's welcome to watch the movie, and I would love to hit some balls with Roger. <laughs> My wife would too. Um, can can churches show the movie? It, can they license the film and show it in their church? Yes, 
we're having church showing. Um, next month, we're showing this movie at my home church, Faith Assembly, and then we're going to show the movie in uh, uh, Bedford, Michigan, Compel. Churches, we want churches to show this movie to their congregation, and I'm happy to come and watch it with them if they'd like me to do that and share some uh, more of the story. So, yeah, it's available for churches. Now, where can people find your book? Uh, well, we were staling on my website for a long time, and but lately we've just been passing it out. I keep books in my car. It's like a, a track. And uh, just pass it out wherever we go. If anybody wants to copy, just uh, um, send me an email. Let me know. We're happy to send you one. Wow. Wow. So I've got to ask you this because, you know, I, I met you last year. You and your wife are just so full of joy, full of enthusiasm. You are today. How do you stay upbeat? And, and do, do you ever get stressed or discouraged? And what advice do you have for somebody that might be discouraged and needs to get out of a downward spiral? Well, on a refrigerator, uh, there's a thing that sticks on the fridge that says bread, and it's an, uh, it stands for joy. <laughs> and so my, I guess my name stands for joy, and my wife's name is Virginia, and that means pure. So together, we're pure joy. <laughs> but the way I stay joyful, I've been asked this question a lot. You know, when I'm training clients in the morning, so it's like six o'clock, the bread, are you always just joyful and upbeat? And I, I said, yeah, I try to be. Because I put God first every day of my life. Since I became a born-again Christian, I've learned to apply some of the lessons that I've learned from bodybuilding to my Christian walk. The daily disciplines are important. And the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness. So I seek God first every day by reading the Bible, listening, and just talking and praying, and then say, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? Let us just, uh, you know, encouraging someone, smiling, giving somebody a book, sharing the movie, whatever it is, giving a tennis lesson. I want to be that person that is able to make somebody's day better. My mother always said, when we went on vacation or wherever we're at, always leave the place better than you found it. We would, we would stay in hotels and leave the place better than we found it. We'd make the bed, we'd clean the trash cans out, wipe the mirrors down, and, and the, they looked better than we came. That, I just grew up in that kind of environment. Everybody was organized and, uh, you know, upbeat. Um, but for me, it's putting God first and looking for opportunities to be a blessing to someone. Because I always feel better when I'm blessing somebody or encouraging somebody instead of thinking of myself all the time. It seems like, yeah, yeah you've got a movie about yourself and got a book about yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's where my dreams come true. But I Amen. want to bless you. I want God to bless you. I want you to be able to do what God wants you to do. And so that's the way I stay up to you. So how can churches start ministry to deaf people? What do you recommend? Uh, um, that's the thing. That's what I'm working on and learning. Starting with the home church, um, 
You know, that's a great question. You can pray pray for me on that. That's what God wants me to do to reach more deaf people. Participating in the rural games for the deaf, coaching the rural games for the deaf, just being around the deaf people for me is an opportunity to uh, minister to deaf people. I just talked to my friend who is also a deaf tennis player, and he works at the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind. And mm -hmm. I, we were talking about doing a tennis clinic at the Florida School for the Deaf and Blind and uh, maybe doing a, a tennis clinic and share a little bit about my story, my faith. But um, just getting around deaf people and getting the word out there, that's weird. Yeah, I, you know, as as you and I talk, I'm I'm just thinking about wouldn't it be wonderful if the uh, 350,000 American churches, if they each had a specific ministry to deaf people, millions could be reached. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? That would be a wonderful thing. And uh, yes, amen. That will be a wonderful thing. Amen. Well, finally, uh, let me ask you this. And by the way, folks, if you are just tuning in, we're talking with Brad Menz, a renowned tennis champion, the subject of the film Never Give Up. And the website is NeverGiveUpFilm.com. And his website is Brad Menz. Uh, is your website BradMenz.com? BradMenz.com is my personal website. Right. Right. So uh, the Bible, um, I, I know the word of God plays such a strong role in your heart and in your life. Um, what are your go-to passages? What parts of God's word do you like to read when you need that joy in your soul, Brad? Hey, I see the I like to read Proverbs. I like to read Psalms. I like to meditate on my favorite verses. Um, my favorite verse is uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And that says, Let us not grow weary and doing good, for at the proper time we'll reach our harvest if we don't give up. And we had shirts made for the entire cast and crew of the movie Never Give Up. So it was cool to see everybody wearing that shirt. On the front, it said 4657-05-40, best of five sets on the front. And then on the back, it said, never give up Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. So I would wear that shirt every day under my jacket because it was really cold in Lynchburg at that time. Hmm. We would film all day long from early morning after dinner, by the end of the day, I'd be starving. And I would, after we were finished, I would go to like Outback or Longhorn and sit there at the bar waiting for my dinner to take back to my room. Well, this, this happened more than once. I'd be sitting there and a gentleman would walk in, he'd be wearing this hoodie and I'd be watching him. And uh, he just looked, you know, he looked down, looked depressed, didn't look happy. And I started talking to him. Well, I like going up to people and just talking to people. And I said, what's the matter? Are you okay? And uh, I got to know him a little bit. And he said, no, I'm not okay. I said, well, what's the matter? 
He said, well, my mother passed away. Oh, you know, that's tough. I know how that feels. My mother passed away recently, too. I can relate. Mm. And it's my yeah. birthday. I said, oh, wow, happy birthday. And uh, he was just really depressed. So I took off my jacket, and uh, I turned around. <laughs> and I said, never give up. And he's looking at it, and I said, buddy, do you know what Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says? And he said, no, what does it say? He said, let us not go there. We're doing good, for at the proper time we'll reach a harvest. If you don't give up, I said, buddy, God loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. Keep persevering and don't give up. And the guy starts crying. And uh, I was like, wow, he's crying. This is a tough-looking guy. You know, he had a hoodie on and all that. And uh, he's crying. And I said, well, let me buy you dinner. But he starts to get up. He said, no, you don't have to buy you dinner. But you know what? I needed to hear that message. And he gave me a hug right oh, there wow. at the bar. And he left. And I thought, wow, great God. That's the message of hope and encouragement. Don't give up. Because knowing that God loves you and he has a plan for your life and you just trust him through the, you know, every day, whatever it brings, he'll lead you and provide for you and bless you in his perfect Amen. timing. And uh, that happens again. I was wearing that shirt. A guy comes up, similar story. I did the same thing. But anyway, I like that verse. And, um, that's a great verse. Really Brad, <laughs> we're almost out of time. You know, that's a great story. And folks, I want to share, just like God is working through Brad Men's and people are crossing his path, these divine appointments, folks, God has those divine appointments for you. If you're a believer, remember, just like Brad Men's, you are a representative for Christ. And you can share the seed of the gospel, the love of Jesus, the, the plan of salvation for somebody just when they need to hear it. Brad, we got to visit again soon. I hope I see you next month at, at NRB. Uh, but in the meantime, we love you. We thank God for you and your wife. And thank you for being with us on Truth and Liberty tonight, Brad. Well, we love you too. And thank you all. God bless. God bless. Folks, tell somebody about Truth and Liberty, the website, truthandliberty.net. You can be a partner with us and support monthly, at least $5 a month. You're a partner. Hey, tell somebody about Truth and Liberty, but most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.